This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Romans chapter 10. I was thinking about this today and uh, I thought about how just being a Jew back then when Jesus has been walking the earth, he's ascended back, to, he's been crucified, he's ascended back to heaven. Uh, the church has been going on for several years now, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever. And Paul is going around, he's traveling around, and he's talking to these Jews. And if you think about it, he's talking to people, especially here in Romans. I mean, he's really been hammering on the Jews uh, for the first nine chapters. And if you think about it, and you if you put yourself in their shoes, these Jews, they've been taught something in particular. That Abraham has made a covenant, or God has made an, a, a covenant with Abraham way back in Genesis 12. I mean, if you you got a Bible, that Bible's thick. You just turn the first few pages in the book of Genesis, God makes his covenant with Abraham, and then you got the rest of the whole Bible to go through. And that, that covers thousands of years. So these people, these Jews, the Hebrew people and then the Jews, they have been taught that, that this covenant between God and Abraham is an everlasting covenant. In other words, you don't break the covenant because God told Abraham, he says, if you choose not to do this, if, if your family member or whoever chooses not to, to uh, uh, cut that foreskin off their private part and make this covenant with me, then I don't have anything to do with them and they don't have anything to do with me. They're, they're basically an outcast. They're separated from me. And so this covenant was an everlasting covenant between God and Abraham and, and the Jews. And, and then you've got Jesus coming along who, who says, hey, that old covenant, it, it's not cutting it anymore. See what I did there? It's not cutting it anymore. And Jesus is saying, hey, there, there's a new covenant now. I am the way to God. I am the way to heaven. John uh, 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. No woman can come to God, the Father, except through me. you got to come through me. And that's Jesus saying that. And he told his disciples, he said that, you know, I'm establishing a new covenant. This is my body that is given for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you, for the remission of your sins. And if we're not washing the blood of Jesus Christ, whether we're born Jew or whether we're born Gentile, we're not getting in. And that and that's the struggle that, that's going on here. And, and you can see uh, Paul, because he's had this encounter with Jesus, a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. Jesus has talked to him on the road to Damascus and popped him and knocked him off his horse, blinded him for three days until he went to the house of Ananias and received his sight and, and, and started his uh, mission or started serving Jesus from, from that point on. Um, but Saul has had this encounter with Jesus himself, so he is so passionate about his message and the gospel message, and, and, and in particular, since he was a Hebrew of all Hebrews, coming from his own lips, uh, and, and he was a Pharisee, he, he, he says, I had a zeal for the law. So Paul, he, he, he's just so 
he is so encompassed into this. He is so wrapped up in this. And, they, and he, being a Jew himself, he is just literally crying out to them. And he even says, he said the last couple of chapters back, he said, I would give up my own salvation if it meant that all the Jews, my brothers and sisters, would, would, would be saved. That's how passionate he is here because he's had this encounter with Jesus. He knows how life-changing it is and he knows how important it is, how necessary it is for them to give their life to Jesus Christ, to, to put their faith in Jesus. But it's hard for these Jews to do that, especially back then because they've been taught you know, this covenant between God and Abraham, they have the law, they have kept the law for so long, which was based off a, a works-based religion, not a faith-based religion. And now that Jesus has come and gone, and you've got the apostles going out there and preaching the message of the gospel, and how Jesus, is he, he's, he came, he died, he was buried, and he was resurrected on the third day, and he's ascended back to the Father, he's sent to the Father's right hand, and you have to put your faith in Jesus and not this uh, works-based law. Yes, God gave the law through Moses to the Jewish people, but, but the law cannot save you. The law, it can only, like all the sacrifices that were made, if you was to pull up all the blood from all those millions and millions and millions of sacrifices, it could never wash away one sin. It would only cover a sin. But just the littlest drop of Jesus' blood, it washes all of our sin away. And, and, and Paul is saying, you know, you've got a zeal for the law, but he even called it a misplaced zeal. And he, he said, you've got to put your faith in Jesus. But what makes it so hard for these Jews is that many of them think that Jesus was a blasphemer. And if they even mention the name of Jesus, then they too are guilty of blasphemy. And they, and they didn't want to do that because they had a zeal for God. They just had a misplaced zeal, and it was in the law instead of you know this works-based religion, instead of a faith-based uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. So in the last podcast, we started chapter 10, where Paul tells the Jews, like I said a while ago, they have a misdirected zeal because even though they, are, they were enthusiastic about God, they put their trust in the law instead of God's Son, who is their Messiah that they've been looking for for all this time. They rejected the Messiah. And so Paul begins to tell them that Jesus has done what the law couldn't do, and that is to forgive sins. And then he says in verse 4 of chapter 10, he says, All who believe in him, in Jesus, are made right with God. So we're going to pick up with verse 5 today, and we're going to finish chapter 10 in today's podcast. So Paul writes in verse 5, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all to all of its commands. The only problem with that, they couldn't keep all of its commands. Jesus was the only one that could do that and did that. Nobody else can. Why? Because we're all sinners. We are God's creation. And we, because of Adam and Eve's sin and getting kicked out of the Garden of Gethsemane, we're all sinners. It's been passed down on to us. Um, and, and the Bible says if, if you break one law, you're guilty of breaking all the law. And that's what we do. We break the law. We break the whole law because we're just a bunch of filthy, rotten sinners. And that's why we need a Savior. So Paul says, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Um, he says, Don't, he says, but faith's way. See, 
the, the, Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And so Paul here is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 30, um, verses 12 through 14 here. And it's verses that the Jews would be very, very familiar with. So Paul continues. He says, that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, that's lips and mouth, right? Lips, mouth, openly declare. You got to say, and this is key, you got to say that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not may be saved, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. See, that, that's, that's the faith. You, you know, it's not works-based. It's not a law-based off of works. It's a faith-based. It's in your heart. It's confessing with your lips and believing with your whole heart. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Openly declaring. See, it goes back to the verses that he was quoting from Deuteronomy 30, 12 through 14. This message is close at hand. It's on your lips and in your heart. For it's by believing in your heart you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, so he's going to quote more verses from the Old Testament. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect, for they have the same Lord, Paul says, who gives generously to all who call on him. Did you catch that? They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Why, why is he saying this? Because it goes back to what he quoted in Deuteronomy 30, 12 through 14. The message is very close at hand. The me- it's right there before you, Jews. It's right there. It's on your lips and it's in your heart. But that is, got to confess it. You gotta confess that Jesus is your Messiah. You gotta confess that Jesus is the Lord. You gotta confess that Jesus made this sacrifice on your behalf, that you are sinners, that you need a savior. You need somebody you because you can't do it on your own. You can't get to heaven based on the law and your works. It's not gonna work. It's faith-based, not works-based. And it, it's, this message is close at hand. It's on your lips and it's in your heart. Therefore, you've got to believe in your heart. And if you believe in your heart, you're made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith, openly declaring, I mean, it's coming from your lips. You're telling people that you believe in Jesus. And Paul says that saves you. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile. Everybody, going back to what we talked about in the po- a few podcasts ago about uh, predestination. You know, is there a, an elect few, a certain few that gets in and the other people are just out of luck? Or is it for everybody? What here's right here coming straight out of Paul's own mouth that obviously he was not talking about predestination as in 
there's just a few getting in because here he says, and he's quoting scripture from the Old Testament, if anyone, no, anyone, not if, but anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are all the same in this respect. They have the same Lord, Jew and Gentile. And this is the issue with the Jews right here. They do not like the Gentiles. They don't want the Gentiles in. Some of them did, most of them didn't. They had, they didn't, they haven't liked the Gentiles even way back in the Old Testament. It just, it's carried over for a long time. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all, to all, anybody who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means we have a choice in the matter, because God calls all men everywhere to repent. So if God calls all men everywhere to repent, that means every man and woman have the opportunity to repent. And that's what Paul is saying here. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Why? Because it goes back to Deuteronomy 30, 12 through 14 that he quoted to the Jews. This message is very close at hand. It's right there before you. And it's on your lips. That's confession. And it's in your heart. That's faith. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will will be saved. And this is one of the most taken out of context verses right here. You hear people say that if you'll just believe in your heart, you'll be saved. It's not what Paul's saying here, but I don't want to break all that down and, and, and beat people up for that. I just, I just want to stick with, with what, what, what Paul's saying here. And what he's saying is that anyone, whether Jew or Gentile, if they will put their faith their trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross, the sacrifice that he made, they will never be disgraced and they will be saved. And going back to what Paul said at the beginning of chapter 8, for those that are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Now, the, the Jews condemn the Gentiles. They don't like the Gentiles. They've always had a problem with the Gentiles. That's why Jesus said, I, I must, the King James Version, John 4, 4 says, he must needs go through Samaria. That's Jesus saying, I got to go to Samaria. Why? Because he knew that Samaritan woman was going to be there at that well in the heat of the day because she was an outcast of her society. And, and he was going to use that woman to, to grow his kingdom. That woman was a mixed breed. She was a Samaritan. A Jew and a Gentile had made a baby and it became, she, that woman was a Samaritan. And that goes back into the Old Testament in the exile period from where they all came from. But Jesus took that lady right there where she was at, had a conversation with her, and what happened? She goes back to her village, tells people, hey, I think the, this man has told me everything that's ever, that I've ever did. I think he's the Messiah. And they all come out, they meet Jesus, and now they tell the woman, we, we no longer believe because of your story. We believe because we've met him for ourselves. Well, now the the Gentiles here the Gentiles are being welcomed. You go to Acts chapter ten, and and Peter going to Cornelius's house, and the Holy Spirit falls upon the Gentiles just like it did on the Jews. In Acts chapter two, signifying to Peter and to his Jewish friends that were with him, hey, God has chosen the Gentiles now. The Gentiles have fallen. The the Holy Spirit has fallen on the Gentiles just like it did us. So what's keeping us from uh, baptizing these people? And they're a part of the kingdom. But just to show you how. The Jews had a problem with the Gentiles, even the Christian Jews, those Jews who were following Jesus. Even after Peter goes to Cornelius' house and he makes his proclamation to the, to, to the church back in Jerusalem that, that the Gentiles are now welcomed into the church and they're to be preaching to the Gentiles, for the longest time, it's either at the end of Acts chapter 
10 or Acts chapter 11, at the end of that chapter, it says that when the church was scattered because of persecution, that they were preaching the gospel, but they were preaching the gospel to the Jews only. Why would they do that? Because they didn't like the Gentiles. They didn't want the Gentiles to know about Jesus for a long time. They had a major problem with the Gentiles. And then you've got the Jews, on the other hand, who think Jesus is a blasphemer. And Paul's trying to tell them about the gospel. And the Jews, they're not going to mention the name of Jesus because they were afraid they would blaspheme God. And they didn't want to do that because they had a zeal for God. It's just their zeal was misdirected, as Paul says. It was all in the law. And so they wouldn't even confess the name of Jesus. And that's why Paul is putting it, that's the context of this of these verses that people take out of context. If you just call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. No. Paul is talking to Jews who have an issue with Jesus. And he's saying, You've you've got to put your faith and trust in this man whom God raised from the dead and, and he's ascended to the Father's right hand and he has sent down his Holy Spirit and he is living inside of us, those who have called upon his name. He has filled us with his Holy Spirit and he and the Father are living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be a part of the kingdom, you too, Jews, you bunch of sinners, like he said from Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2, he said you got to call upon his name. you got to confess him with your mouth. you got to believe in your heart that, that Jesus, the one you think is a blasphemer, the one that you won't even dare mention his name, that Jesus is who you got to put your faith in if you want to make it to the kingdom of heaven. We'll be right back after this short break. I want you to do me a favor. Now, I know you listen to some good music, but I want to tell you about some great music. My friend Mary Gamboa, and she's also the worship leader at Authentic Church where I worship, she has released a new album entitled Jealous, and you can check that album out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G-A-M-B-O-A music.com. Also, we would love to have you worship with us at Authentic Church at 322 Lindsay Street here in Alcoa, and we start at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Come see us. Not the law, because the law and your works is not going to get you there. It's not cutting it anymore. That covenant that was made between Abraham and, and God, nope, that's not working anymore because there's a new covenant and it's between God and his son. And the only way you're getting into the kingdom is to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what that's that's the whole point that Paul is trying to make here in uh, chapter 10. You can only get into the kingdom by having your sins washed away by calling on the name of Jesus Christ with your mouth and putting your trust in him with all your heart. That's the context of those verses. And Paul is talking to Jewish people here, Jewish Christians even. But he's telling the Jews, you've got to call upon the name of Jesus and you've got to believe in Jesus with all your heart if you want to get into the kingdom of God. And then he's going to ask a series of questions. He says in verse 14, but how... Can they call on him to save to save them? But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Isaiah 52 verse 7 is what Paul's quoting there. 
But not everyone welcomes the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The Jews he's talking about here. Not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying here. You, you can't be saved by the works and following the law. It's not going to happen. It's a faith-based relationship with Jesus Christ. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Or the way the New Living Translation says, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, Paul says, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? And he's going to give his own answer. Yes, they have. Remember he said in chapter 1, they were without excuse. People who have just rejected God and, and turned to their own sin, their own wicked ways, and God let them. He turned them over to a reprobate mind. Paul's talking now to the Jews. He says, have the people of Israel, the Jews, have they actually heard the message, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the word to all the world at that time. Paul says there's no excuse because they've heard the message. It's, it's, it's gone all over the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Okay, Did they hear it? Yes, they heard it. Did they really understand? Paul answers his own question. Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, going way back, talking about going way back, Paul's going way back. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through the people, through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later, he, he doesn't give one example. Here he gives two. Did they understand? Yes, they did. Why? Because God used the Gentiles to help them understand. And later, Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, All day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. All day long, God said, I opened my arms to my people, my chosen people, the Jews, but they were disobedient and rebellious. Sound familiar? This goes all the way back to what Paul was saying in Romans 1 and 2, that people have no excuse for not believing in God, especially the Jews, because they were God's chosen people. But people in general, we have no excuse for not believing in God because his, Paul says that his creation proclaims him. You know, you go outside at night, in a dark night, and you look up at the stars. Those things just didn't happen from a big old bang. God placed those stars in the firmaments by speaking a word. I live in the mountains here in East Tennessee, these beautiful mountains. I've been to the Rocky Mountains over in Colorado, and it's just beautiful. Those things just didn't just happen to pop up, you know, out of, you know, the earth. God formed those mountains just by speaking a word. That's how powerful he is. And it doesn't matter if you believe that or not. It doesn't matter if you, you can choose not to believe God. You have that right. You have that prerogative. And you know, like uh, Bobby Brown says, my prerogative, right? We have that prerogative. We have that right because we have free choice. We have free will. And so God, you know, he, he throws himself out there and he says, I exist. This is what I've done for you. I've given my son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. You can choose to believe that or reject him. That's your choice. And, but Paul's saying, hey, you don't have any excuses not to believe in God. 
And, and, and here's the problem. The problem is just like what Isaiah said about Israel and the Jews. God says, all the day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. It's, nothing's changed in 2023. This is the same reason why people don't believe in Jesus right here, because we're disobedient and we are rebellious. We have no excuses. And even in chapter 1 of Romans, the people were rebellious and they didn't want to believe in God, so they basically became their own gods, little g, and the one true God, Jehovah God, big G, let them have their way. And he turned them over to what the Bible says, a reprobate mind, and they did many sinful things, including homosexuality. That's one, you know, people like to go to Romans chapter 1 to condemn homosexuals and transgenders and all that kind of stuff. But if you go back and read chapter 1, Paul lists all kinds of sins that people do, not just homosexuality, but all kinds of sins. Why? Because of what Paul said in Isaiah 65, verse 2. Disobedience and rebellion. It's the same problem we have today. We can tell people about the gospel. They choose to reject Jesus. Why? Because they are disobedient and they are rebellious. Nothing has changed. And then in chapter 2, he turns to the Jews and he says, Hey, y'all are just as bad because you're a bunch of sinners. Y'all are God's chosen people, and yet you still don't get it. And you've had God going all the way back to Abraham from Genesis chapter 12. God has been right with y'all, walking with y'all, leading you by a cloud by day and a fire by night. He's talking to you. He's sending angels to you. He's doing all these things for you. He's giving you his law, and you still reject him. Why? Because you are disobedient and rebellious. And he says... You think you're all right with God? You think you had this relationship with God just because you were born a Jew? And it's not that way. It don't work like that anymore. And we've been sent to tell y'all this message and y'all are just still choosing to be disobedient and rebellious. If you want to be in God's kingdom, if you want to spend eternity with the Father, then you have to put your faith and your trust in His Son, Jesus, because He took care of everything on the cross for you no good, filthy, rotten sinners. He did what the law couldn't do. The law cannot forgive one sin. It only covered it up. But Jesus Christ forgives all sin. He washes us whiter than snow. And Paul says, yet y'all are still putting your trust in the law instead of Jesus. In other words, you're so full of God's word. Now think about this. Think about this, the Jews and the law. He, Paul says, look, you're so full of God's word the law, that you can't even see the God who wrote the Word. Let me say that again. He says, you are so full of God's Word, the law, that you can't even see the God who wrote the Word. God gave them that law. Jesus was there. Jesus helped write it. Jesus did write it and passed it on down to Moses. Jesus knew the law well. That's why he, he would say, Moses said this, but I say unto you this. These Jews were so, it's kind of like saying you can't see the forest from all the trees. These Jews were so focused on keeping the law and not breaking any commandments, which they did because that's what we do. We break commandments. We're sinners, Romans 3.23. 
But they're so focused on keeping the law and not breaking any commandments that they're missing the whole point. And that point is having a relationship, a faith-based relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. A faith-based relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. What about you? You know, you can read the Bible all you want to. And that's a good thing. We should be reading the Word on a daily basis. You can listen to all the podcasts that you want. You can listen to all the preaching that you want. You can go to all the seminars and the Christian gatherings and the camps. You can go to church every service, every time the doors are open. You can sing all the praise songs that you can until you're out of breath and you go hoarse and you can't sing anymore. But here's the deal. If you don't know the God you are hearing about and singing about, and I mean really know Him, then what good's it doing? If you don't have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you have nothing. You're just wasting a lot of time, valuable time. Remember what Jesus told the crowd in the Sermon on the Mount. He said Matthew, in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, He says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And on Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we, we prophesied in your name, and we cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. They did all this stuff. People did. They did all this stuff. We prophesied in your name. We used your name, Jesus. We prophesied in your name. We used your name to cast out demons. That means they actually did this. They cast out demons and used the name of Jesus to do so, because that's the only way you can get rid of a demon, because he's stronger than the demons. And, and they said, hey, we performed, that means it actually happened. These miracles actually happened. We performed many miracles in your name. We thought we were good. And here's what Jesus says to these people. But I will reply, I never knew you. I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship with you. I didn't know you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. It's one of the scariest verses in the Bible, in my opinion. These people thought they were okay. They were doing all this stuff in the name of Jesus, and they didn't even know Jesus. They didn't even have a relationship with Jesus. The word for new here in the Greek is gnosko, and it means exactly what you think it means. It means sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. In other words, it means intimacy. Jesus said, y'all did all this stuff in my name, but we were never intimate. There, in other words, there was no relationship between you and me. I did not. Oh, yeah, you knew me. You knew my name and you used my name, but we never hung out together. We never spent any time together. You were just out there being busy doing your own thing and throwing my name around like it was nothing, like you just knew me. And you never knew me. You you never spend time with me. You know, what kind of a marriage are you going to have with your spouse? What kind of uh, relationship are you going to have with your boyfriend and girlfriend if y'all never talk? If you never do things together, if you never hang out. I mean, if you're just out doing your own thing and, and your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend's out doing their own thing, you just come together every, every now and then and say, oh, I just want to check in. How you doing? What kind of relationship is that? That's exactly what Jesus is saying here. He said, you're out there doing your own thing. I'm up here in heaven crying out to you, calling out to you, 
giving you my spirit. You're using my name to do all these good things, which, you know, that, that was good. You helped a lot of people. But me and you, we never had a relationship. I didn't know you. We, we were not intimate. And that's what the Father wants from us is intimacy. You go back to the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm sorry, to the Garden of Eden. What did God have with Adam and Eve before the serpent came and deceived Eve and then Adam ate the fruit as well and sin entered in? They were intimate. They had the closest relationship. God would come down and just hang out with Adam and Eve. And they just spent time together, talking and doing things together. Can you imagine how awesome that would have been to be Adam and Eve? And you got this, and there, there was perfection. I mean, the water was coming from the ground. It didn't even rain. That's how God was taking care of everything for Adam and Eve. And then the serpent comes along and says, hey, you know, God, did God really say, you know, you would die if you eat that fruit, you know, not to eat that fruit? Go ahead and try it. And Eve saw that that tree looked good to eat. The fruit looked good to eat. And she picked it, ate it, and passed it to Adam, and he ate, and boom, their eyes opened. They were ashamed. They went and hid. Here comes God to do his visitation like he has done in the past, but this time something different. They're hiding. They're not running to God. They're running from God. Why? Because they were ashamed. They knew they had messed up. And they tried to fix the problem for themselves. That's why they covered themselves in fig leaves. And God says, eh, what'd y'all do? And And they started playing the blame game. God knew what they did, and God already had an answer for them. God killed that animal, which was the first sacrifice, and he covered their shame. Why? Because he had shed blood from the sacrifice, and he took the skins from that animal, that sacrifice, and he made them clothing, and he covered their shame. Yeah, he kicked them out of the garden. Yeah, there was curses. There was consequences to their sin, just like there's consequences to our sin. And if we remain in our sin... If we do not have the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sin, then we'll never have a relationship with the Father. We will never have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's only that when our sins are washed away is that intimacy restored. And that's why Jesus had to die on the cross. It was God's eternal purpose, Paul says in Ephesians 3, that Jesus would die on the cross for our sins. He knew that man was going to blow it. He knew that that intimacy was going to be ripped apart, and it was because of sin. But God had already made a way for us to be intimate with him again, to be made friends again, Paul says in Romans 5. While we were enemies, Christ died for us. Not when we got our lives all back together. No, while we were enemies. That's when Christ died for us. And why did he die for us? To reconcile us back together. It just means to make us friends again with God. So through the blood of Jesus Christ and only through the blood of Jesus Christ in a relationship with Jesus, can we be intimate with the Father. And Jesus wants to be intimate with us. He wants to know us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. Do you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, you need to email me today at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and let's talk about it. Or you can text me at the number that is in the outro. If you do know Jesus Christ, thank you and continue to get to know Jesus Christ in a more intimate way. The Bible says you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. 
But as you draw near to God, think about those that you know who does not have that relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't know God in an intimate way. The only way they know God is because they're mad at Him for something that's happened in their life, and so they blame Him for everything. You go be that light in their life and shine the light of Jesus Christ in their lives and show them the true love of God, the true love of Jesus Christ, and share with them the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and give them that opportunity to go to heaven that you have. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Because when you share this podcast, you're sharing an opportunity for people to get to know Jesus. And thank you for that. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe, and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.